0: this is the shift podcast today on the shift daily podcast who is going to win the mother's day edition of game showy trivia shane or an actual mom kelsey campbell well find out as we battle for bragging rights and flowers for mother's day it's the game show on the radio what happens to a forest after it burns to the ground 400 10,000 hectares in Alberta are burning. Catherine Dealman is an associate professor in Boreal Forest Ecology at the University of Guelph. She helps us understand the science and the beauty behind Canada's wildfires from the ecological perspective. And we do look forward here on the shift coming up to be talking about the human perspective. Are you okay with carnivals, stadium food and the Stampede food list came out? It's gross. Maybe you'll like it. It's all on the shift daily podcast.
1: This is The Shift Podcast.
0: Well done. There it is. It's time for Game Showy. It's a game show on the radio. Our two contestants are going to battle it out. Kelsey Campbell is in the Okanagan. Shade Hewitt is in Calgary fighting for pride. Fighting to not feel shameful because you get your butt kicked. Absolutely fighting for all of the moms in the world. Now we've all heard the dad jokes. What about the mom jokes? Because moms have jokes too. Coming up on Game Showy, here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, why? thank you,
2: Bob. Let's do it. Let's get our trivia on. It's time, yes, for the game show. Get your flowers. Get your cards. It's a Mother's Day trivia. Not sure why I'm from New Jersey now. (laughs) Architestants, Shane and Kelsey. There was a lot going on there. It it started out
1: real creepy, too. Like I think that was the (laughs) creepiest game show host voice yet.
2: Uh, You know, (laughs) when you have a roommate in the room next to you, you have to keep your volume at a respectful level. And I think that's what changes the tone of my voice when I try to do the game show voice. So if we ever get a chance to do this in studio, it will be very loud and God, I hope not creepy. I hope not, but maybe it will be. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe here's how this game works. By the way, if you're new here, our contestants are going to pick a question and difficulty of said question. Now today, or playing for flowers because we all know that's the only thing you need to win the favor of your mom that's it there's nothing else like respect or you don't respect the rules or anything like that you don't need that it's just flowers now
1: where do you do one flower <laughs> where are you getting these facts <laughs> i'm worried already about their trivia questions if you think this is fact
2: oh don't worry i've got some really good questions prepped and ready okay now If you ask for a one flower question, it's easy. Three is as hard as it gets. Now, if you get the question right, you will hear this. Mama! Mama! (laughs) If you get it wrong... Mama, the meatloaf! Don't ever scream at your mom, even if it's for meatloaf. We have three categories of questions to choose from. Moms, babies and mom jokes, cause dads can't have all the fun. There's gotta be some mom jokes too. Now
3: mm-hmm. we also
2: have a very special question, okay? A very good one, which is called the text line special. It is a question for the shift heads and the shift heads alone. It's hidden in this show and one lucky contestant is gonna stumble across it and it could win two flowers, a bouquet if you will. Ooh. Now, when we stumble across the text line special, you're gonna hear this. <laughs> Mama, (laughs) (laughs) the Muppets version. It's the Muppets version of Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's animals singing. It's like that's the best video on the internet. If you've never seen that, I implore you to go watch that with your mom this weekend. Now, here is the question. Implore is my my new favorite word. To recommend, yeah, it's my favorite word right now. i learned that last night. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. So this is the the question, listeners. 877-399-9898. Get ready to text in your answer, and we'll find out if you're right later. Here it is. It's nice and easy. What is the most common baby name in Canada? Is it, and I will say that all four of these names here are in the top. One of these is the most common, though. Olivia, Noah, William, or Emma. Again, the most common baby name in Canada is it Olivia, Noah, William, or Emma? Text in your answers eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. We'll find out if you're right, and that's it. That's Let's co- get this That's puppy a complicated
1: rolling. one because it's not even you're not doing it by sex. Like no. that's getting no. that's complicated. It's a that's we're, world. we're also most... going to do some math about it. Mm-hmm. Are there more boy babies than girl babies? Hey, I just want to point complicated. out. One thing, one thing, because there was yep. a real opportunity and Shane's just coming with teeth out and it's a weird thing because I thought oh, I was going to be honored so and you're like, I'm going to slaughter a mom tonight in honor of Mother's Day. It's more I, like
0: sacrifice, but okay.
1: Sacrifice a mom. I just think we were like Canada's favorite game show. Like what would would have been cool to start all this off is like with Canada's favorite mom, you know? But now I'm just yeah. complimenting myself.
0: Yeah. Do you feel better though?
1: No, it feels a bit awkward, and I really wish I didn't do it, and I'd like to take it all back, so uh, let's just carry on. (laughs)
0: All right, John, hit the bed for me, buddy. It's time for us to play Game Showy. Moms don't just want to sleep like a baby. They want to sleep like the father of the baby. We are here to honor the moms, Kelsey. Is the only mom here on Game Show at the moment that we're aware of. Bob. Thanks, Bob.
2: I, do we have I'm not gonna bring it up? No. Because even if there know. is competition, they ain't coming close. Not mm-hmm. happening. No. Okay, so Kelsey, you're the only mom here, so you get to go first. That we're it's aware just, of. It just goes without question. So you get to pick. It's all you. I
1: just I was honestly expecting. To be far more flattered, and this is just like, yeah, I guess you're a mom, so you go.
2: Like, does is even like that? <laughs> Not, mean... <laughs> Not as warm as I was way expecting. That, like, you give your mom a card of flowers. Like, it's your day, except it's happening on Wednesday, or Thursday. So, you know, anyway, get it, okay. get it, get the ball rolling. It's all you. I love
1: it. So, you just just go already. Got it. Okay. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like a okay. I actually really really dig jokes. I have a mm-hmm. lot of them. So I think every time I choose the mom joke category, I'm going to tell you one of my favorites. And uh, that is, so the bra says to the hat, you go on ahead. I got to give these two a lift.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) And with that, I will choose mom jokes for three flowers.
0: Mom's got
2: jokes. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Okay. Well, here, I'll see your mom joke and raise you one. If a child refuses to nap, are they guilty of resisting arrest?
0: Uh, <laughs> arrest? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> oh. Look, kids should enjoy that sleep because moms lose it all the time. Here is your question, Kelsey. How much sleep does the average mom lose every night with a n- newborns within the first year of having your kid, how much sleep do you lose every night? Is it? 20 minutes? An hour? Two hours or an hour and a half. What is the average?
1: Sorry, baseline being we're expecting before child, you had eight hours of sleep. Yes. Now with newborn, you get this. Um, where's the option of you lose seven and a half hours of sleep? That's <laughs> That was not an option. <laughs> Well,
2: <laughs> yeah. this is an average. Not a. I. I am well aware that there are. If there is any moms that have listened to this show, have had nights where they have lost it, the whole sleep. I uh, well aware, but but mm. just let's say on a good night, how much do you lose?
1: <laughs> You're also presuming that you fall back asleep right away, which is not the mm. case. Okay. Um, I'm gonna average, average, average. Also assuming
0: I, that you wake up when the baby cries. I just slapped. That was good.
1: Wow, that's just so, so kind to say to all the moms that are awake right now, like, yeah, okay. I am I have to go with the highest at uh, two hours. I think moms lose two hours of sleep each night.
2: Yeah, I, I rounded down a bit, but that's correct. Yeah, on average, mama loses 109 minutes of sleep every night for the first year of having a baby. So if that's the average, Parents lose 60 hours of sleep in one year. That is not great. (laughs) Not great. And as someone who is an aspiring parent within the next five years, not looking forward, staring down that barrel, not looking
0: forward to that part.
2: Anyway. I know the secret to being a dad
0: is uh, (laughs) when you, when you choose sides of the bed, right? You choose the side that's the furthest away from the door Because then the kids wake up the mom first. That's just not fair.
1: (laughs) Your dad tips should not be taken to heart. If I could do a quick PSA for Canadian men, do not listen Listen to this guy.
0: (laughs) Unless you want sleep, then it's a good idea. Just saying. Okay, All well, right. Okay, my my turn. Um, well, turn. I think I'm going to go uh Kelsey just got the uh, got the three flowers there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go probably with oh god. I think I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the babies cuz categories babies are mom's babies and mom jokes, so I'm going to go with mm-hmm. the babies cuz I feel okay. like uh I'm failing miserably according to the mom in the room here.
2: Yeah. Well, let's see how you do here. Okay. okay. Kelsey's not mad. She's just just disappointed. Keep that in mind. Now, <laughs> I was at one point no, a baby. No, no, I'm mad. No, you're Moms are mad.
1: allowed to get mad. I'm just <laughs> That's mad. That's scary. It's
2: terrifying. Um, I, at, at one point, I was a baby. And so th- this is why this question is under the baby category. What minivan tune that blasted in my mom's van oh. do I hate the most? Which Oof. of these songs triggers me, brings me back to being a kid just in the, say, booster seat, not having a good time? Is it hey soul sister by train mm-hmm. who knew by pink 3am by matchbox 20 or she's so high by Tal Bachman.
0: Oh, well, I do know the answer to that um, because I was here with you on the radio when we talked about it. Um, so this is very exciting for me that this question comes up. I would like to acknowledge that Tal Bachman is a wicked dude that I got to hang out with last week and uh, his wife Coco was also wicked and. If you ever get the chance to see him play, do it. Um, because he is an extremely talented musician. Train Hey Soul Sister. That one makes Ryan burf in his mouth. Oh, Hey, that's correct. I can't stand that song. Turn the radio
2: off when oh. that song is on. Can't do it. I should say I was not in a booster seat when that song came out. I was in like grade eight. So technically it was in my mom's Dodge... Caliber, but still, I can't can't do it. Uh, Actually, technology
1: has really changed. You can stay in there until 18 now. They want you know for safety purposes, best to keep your children in there until they move out of the house. A lot of 21 year olds (laughs) in the Okanagan (laughs) and booster seats.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, there we go. Okay, well, we got a tie game. Three flowers each, a bouquet, a pop. Kelsey, it's your go.
1: Okay. Well, I'm I'm staying staying thirsty for flowers. I will go with the category of moms for thirsty. three,
2: please. Okay. I'm thirsty <laughs> for flowers. Words. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. I am the mother
1: uh, of a toddler. It is okay to be a little yes, bit thirsty. Yes, this is very true. Tr- <laughs>
2: uh, this is okay. This is. I love this question. If a stay at home mom was paid for her work, how much money would she bring in a year? Is it above all of the
1: money in the world, Bob? (laughs) I
2: mean, yes, objectively, yes. But if, like, so the there, I we've got some research, like people comparing, like, how much do you make in daycare? How much do you make in cooking? Like, and putting that Mm -hmm. all together, bringing it in a pot, how much money would she make? Kelsey, your question is, is it above or under? $100,000.
1: $100,000. Oh, I think I've seen research and I can tell you as a working mom, like that's the thing. The hours don't end. So I think it has to be, if you actually accumulate your, your 80, 90, 120 hours a week of work, it has to be more than 100000 mm-hmm. Over.
2: It's actually $160,000. Yes, correct. 160000 bucks.
0: U.S. dollars too, actually. U.S.
2: I mean. dollars too, yeah. And uh, the other interesting fact is that thirty percent of moms stay home. Thirty percent are stay-at-home moms these mm-hmm. days, which is quite low compared to what it was. Mm-hmm. So, still, they, they
0: it's crazy they don't
2: get any. Well, you got a
0: nurse, yet. you got a like uh, you right, like you I'm got sure. a, a taxi driver, like you got like the like the list of jobs this is a very very long list of skills mm-hmm. that moms and uh, employ every day, like it's it's a wild list. So that's cool, a lot of money. Okay, um, in the spirit of moving along, I'm gonna continue with my luck on babies. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a bad choice of words. Um, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to uh, go with two flowers in the babies category, please, Ryan.
2: Adieu. Well, congratula
0: congratulations, Shane, because you just stumbled across the one, the
2: only, the wonderful text line special.
1: Mama. Mama. Mama.
2: I'm gonna post the video on shiftheads.ca our Facebook page because you really need to watch the Muppets version of Bohemian Rhapsody. Anyway, so this is a question for the Shiftheads only Shane, so you can't answer it. But it's a good one. I have never seen the Textline special be so close and also so frustrated with me. <laughs> the question is: what is the most common baby name in Canada? The options are Olivia Noah William and emma that those are the options
0: now Can we just acknowledge steve's uh guess of shifthead is the most popular baby name in canada
2: uh yeah that's it's a pretty damn good name gotta say now mm-hmm. it's it's changing like every there are a lot of people that are going for each of them william i was surprised to see william in the top four in general like that's a name i didn't hear much growing up but now however i'm going to go to chris and Emmetton's text noah you said the other night noah was the most common name in canada and that is oh. indeed the correct answer 2393 babies
0: that's amazing
2: yeah i love that
1: yeah do it's you know a noah do yes. either of you know a noah
2: yes. i know no a few uh, of them. noah but now they're all children
0: babies i know a bunch of them why do Damn. you know a I noah I
1: don't know any Noahs. I think you don't of know Noah Noah? in Libya. How can in- you not know a Noah? <laughs> I say Noah a lot, <laughs> like Valley Girl style. Oh, dear.
0: Noah. Noah. I
1: don't want to do that.
0: Oh, that's good, Kelsey. Well, it looks like uh, that will wrap up game showy, uh, Jono. If you don't mind hitting the bed. It turns out moms always win. Yeah. And she's Kelsey always Campbell nine. takes the championship. Six flowers to five flowers. Or short, a dozen.
1: Uh, roses.
0: The, the 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 host guys trying to figure out how to do the proper sign-off for your pets. Instead great job moms. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we are going to push pause here. Um, if you can kill that for me, please don't. Um, the um, uh, my, my mom's amazing. Ryan's mom's amazing. There is one particular mom that we want to say thank you to. And Kelsey Campbell is the one of the most remarkable human beings that I've ever met And, um, not only does she work her tail off for us here, me in particular, um, she also is the most remarkable, loving, inspiring parent. I can say this, Kelsey Campbell and her mom job inspires me to be a better dad. I've had that occurrence as recent as last week. So you need to understand that Kelsey being here and being fun and playful and being an amazing member of the shift head crew. Yes, it pales in comparison to the amazing work she does before she even gets here every day in being a mom and that little boy is the most lucky little boy in the entire world because not only does Kelsey go to all the train places and do all the train things, (laughs) but does it with a smile on her face and then still comes here and takes care of us too. Um, We love you very much and you are inspiring as a mom and you need to know that.
1: You can't use that tone. You know that I have a very small little pail for my tears and it tips (laughs) with great ease when you turn... Your little your nice tone on. Okay, say something mean again. I like that <laughs> better. So feel better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to crush you at game Showing next week.
1: Next week.
0: <laughs> you feel better?
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you Really are I, hey, love you guys. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. don't awkward. you're
1: still doing you're still doing the soft tone i'm crying here i'm like angrily shaking my head at you <laughs> as you're saying nice things enough of that and en- k- Time timeout chair time out okay. chair. actually research says no more timeout we can't put kids um, in timeout that's i'm the gonna go sit in
0: the, let's go i'm gonna go sit in the corner thanks for being here Kelsey.
1: thanks guys thanks for having me this is the shift podcast
0: So here in Alberta, we have seen the effects of a dry spring, pretty warm weather still uh, over the last week and coming up. And that obviously turns into this sort of tinderbox notion Dry grass. Now, if you live elsewhere, you don't experience this the same way that we do here in Alberta. And I'm not saying that like it's better or worse or any of those things. You know what it's like if you're in BC. When it comes to July and August, you can smell how dry those trees can be. It gets really dry. Well, here in Alberta, we're it's brown for most of the year. We just had rain in the city I live in in Airdrie. The first rain, and it wasn't even rainfall. It was kind of just like a slow-moving storm. I believe since October like that's how long like so it is so dry the grass is long it is dry it is literally like you touch it it turns to powder dry it's like this every year and then there's always fires there's always grass fires and on this spring it seems to be a warmer a couple weeks warmer sooner than we normally see it around the mid second third week of the warm weather so things change. Uh, ecology is a great way to talk about fires. And that's exactly where we're going to start this conversation right now. Our guest uh, that joins us is Catherine Dealman. She joins us from Guelph, Assistant Professor Boreal Forest Ecology at U of Guelph. Um, the UG of the OGs. The OG of the UG? U of Guelph? Something like that. Hey, Catherine.
3: <laughs> hey, hey, happy to be here.
0: Uh, Yes. Okay. uh, Let's talk about uh, this. I mean, I think in the umbrella overlooking all of Canada, as I'm sure you pay very close attention to um, all things forest ecology. um, What are you seeing? You seeing things this year different or is this really just dry Alberta?
3: Mm, That's a fun question. Um, So I think when we look look across Canada as a whole, Alberta is standing out right now. If you pull up the fire maps for Canada, Um, and you start looking at where fires are happening alberta is the place where fires are currently happening and it is happening earlier this year than what we've seen in the past five years and so there's like a a few stories that come out of this right away one is that you know alberta is a place where there are quite a bit of fires central canada as a whole is a place that tends to burn way more often than other parts of Canada. So that's kind of part of the legacy of this space. But this year is a bit different than what we've seen for the past 5 years on record and I would argue even going further out into that timeline. So gets, yeah, there's something different.
0: Yeah, there's I mean this kind of gets into weather, but you do fires, so what like what causes fires would be a thing. And in the prairies, of course, there's a, a large areas of non-populous natural growth. So fires are normal. Uh, lightning is the cause of most of those and they tend to burn and burn and burn until they're done burning like the fort McMurray fire most people don't realize that fire from five years ago or almost six years ago that fire actually continued to burn for months and months and months as it went away but then there was just no people there and the fire just kind of burned itself out and and off it goes right so there is a very natural course of this I remember years in the past where there's been all kinds of fires. I think that this year seems to have hit places where there's more towns um than 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 recently. And maybe we're getting out in the woods more. So I mean there is a natural course of this as well. And and we see these cycles that go on. That doesn't diminish the wow, that's a lot of fires. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. I think I love that you brought that up, Shane, because fires are absolutely a normal part of life in Canada. Uh, and have been for thousands of years this is a natural part of many of our ecosystems as you mentioned i think about boreal ecosystems a lot that's kind of my happy place that's where i get really excited and fires are a natural part of those systems and they're a natural part of our prairie systems too Um, They, in fact, maintain a lot of these ecosystems on the landscape. They wouldn't be the way that they are, and they wouldn't bring all of those wonderful joys that we get from being in those spaces if we didn't have regular fires. The, The plants and the ecology that exist in those spaces, they're actually adapted for fire. So fire is part of life in Canada. I think what we're feeling is that it's happening a lot. We're seeing it a lot. We've seen a lot of big fire years. And that's, that's tapping into uh, something that's real that reflects our shift in climate.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the pattern, right? That's the thing. I mean, climate changes, climate always changes. The the thing that I've always understood or, or really, really connected for me about that topic is that you have to look at it over the course of time and frequency, right? The patterns are there and the patterns are changing. Sure, maybe it happened a thousand years ago. Could be, but it is happening now. The question is, is how is it affecting all the people? And so... This is such a natural thing, um, which I am curious to sort of, what does that look like afterwards? Because it's the strange thing about Mother Nature, right? Like you have this ravaged, charred chunk of dirt, and then these beautiful flowers come up out of it, right? So, I mean, it really is so natural. I do want to talk about that. But from the perspective of it happening, we always look at it as being such a terrible thing. and. I'm not diminishing the experience of people from Drayton Valley that have had to leave their homes or people that have lost their homes. I am not um, diminishing anything. But the reality is, is that it is important that it happens. Um, let's just maybe hope not so close to cities <laughs> and not all at once.
3: Yeah. you know, Yeah. That is a tricky part, right? So it is mm-hmm. a natural part of life in Canada, but it's absolutely devastating when it comes through these populated areas and that's been a central component of how fires have been managed on the landscape for you know quite some time. Canada mm-hmm. actually has a really impressive and sophisticated system for thinking about wildfires, managing wildfires and trying to um kind of just influence where they're occurring on the landscape. And so that that influence is trying to protect our populated areas, trying to protect uh, spaces where we have infrastructure and then when it's occurring in more naturalized spaces where there aren't people or perhaps there aren't uh, infrastructure at risk those tend to just occur and they burn themselves through their cycle as you mentioned Shane where they can they kind of form on the landscape And they can burn for quite some time and they can be quite large and we don't talk about those ones as much because they tend to happen off in these distant spaces where people aren't necessarily around right before they're done and we just stop talking
0: (laughs) about them and they just keep going so as a as a i'm going to call you a fan of the forest definitely um, fire breaks and mitigation that must be a little dichotomy there for you because you know you have this natural course of things that need to happen. But then you have fire breaks and things that get put in the way to protect from them happening in order to protect people and places. So, I mean, ideally, burning it all down is probably good for Mother Nature. But, I mean, mitigating it for a forest fan, um, does that ever cause you, like, ah, this is, I realize this saves this, but really we should not be stopping fires if they come here. Does that ever come up in your work?
3: Not really, to be honest. I think that's partially because I tend to think about these more remote, uh, isolated spaces. And where firebreaks are, they really are, like, if you go around, they're around our communities. They're really intentionally placed on the landscape. And so those spaces are already changed because humans live there. And so when humans are in a space, they tend to change what's going on around them. And so a firebreak is just kind of a continuation of how humans are interacting with that natural space around them. And so I think it it really is just part of this more cohesive plan of how we interact with our natural spaces. And it's fine, like as I think for most most of us who think about the boreal forest um, firebreaks are just kind of part of the system. And so we think of them as part of this collective opposed to a challenge that we need to address or something along those lines
0: so boreal forest since you are a fan of it i mean you've kind of got this rainforest notion in bc right and -hmm. the boreal forest is kind of this diagonal slash down canada it's kind of follows the shield-ish you know ish and then it, it but it's kind of this diagonal thing from the yukon kind of skirts over the top half of ontario you know sort of towards ottawa so like what is the difference between boreal forest i grew up in fort mcmurray so i've we learned a lot about it, but the difference between Boreal Forest and then sort of the rainforests of BC and these other places, why is it different?
3: So the Boreal Forest is just a magical spot for a lot of different reasons. You just got really excited it's,
0: there for a second. I wanted to share I, the I, look I on your face. You did. I, I, the radio fails us right now. This is getting exciting. Um
3: So it stands out from these other types of forests that you've identified largely because of climate right off the top but if you were to walk through the tropical forests of you know temperate rainforests i should say of bc versus a boreal forest you would feel the difference right away the trees are different uh the the moisture in the air is different the smell is different um some of the wildlife that you find in those spaces is quite different find with the boreal forest in particular you have this sense of of almost age to it which is fascinating because those are the forests that burn we don't tend to have our rainforest spaces they don't burn they tend to resist fire and they hang out for quite some time but when you get into the boreal forest that space burns much more readily by design and so yeah when you if you're in those spaces they tend to be relatively cool they have these huge beautiful carpets of moss most of the time but not all of the time and they often have um material. So trees that have fallen, uh, branches that have fallen, and they tend to build up on the landscape. And so you get this really fascinating topography that is kind of a classic image of a boreal forest, especially with those those mossy mats that cross them. Um, But you can have other types of of stands within them. But that's kind of the one I go to most of the time. You've got all these black spruce trees that are very common uh, throughout these forests as well. So That's part of the beauty. The other part I love about the boreal forest is it tends to be in tough places. The boreal forest is tough, right? So we've talked about fires being in these spaces, but the boreal forest is also underlain by frozen soils. It lives on top of our permafrost as well for some of those spaces. And so the vegetation that's able to thrive and survive in those spaces is really tough and there's something really poetic and beautiful about seeing this whole ecosystem work together even though it's complicated and it's living in a space that's kind of challenging it does it in a beautiful way
0: now the canadian shield i think northern ontario is such a great example of that Uh, manitoba northern manitoba i mean that is some rocky difficult but it's also rather flat um. Does that, uh-huh. is that impactful too? Because, you know, even though it's clearly not flat, but uh, it's not just like prairies everywhere, but it is, Um. but it is quite flat compared to BC and all those other places. And that must have an impact on obviously fires. Cause I mean, those fires can rip pretty quick.
3: Yeah. Wind, yeah, I guess I is what I'm
0: saying, right? Yep.
3: Yeah. yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, I mean, the fun thing about the boreal is it, it spans right around the top of the earth, right? It's not just Canada, it goes all the way around. So you can get quite a bit of different topography depending on the space that you're in. Uh, But we definitely do have big open flat spaces. Uh, I'm thinking of like Northern Alberta and uh, Southern NWT in particular have Mm -hmm. some really flat spaces there. So if you get wind going, yeah, that can be an important ingredient in the fire recipe.
0: What's your favorite part of the boreal forest? Is there one thing when you go? And is there one particular whether it's a plant or a formation of some sort or whatever that 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 you always look for that when you see it, you're like, oh, there it is. Like is it <laughs> is there anything like that that, that 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 inspires you to continue this study?
3: Yeah. So I actually love a specific type of ecosystem. So within the forest itself, we can have different types of like little ecosystems within it. And my favorite is actually uh, a system called peatlands, and so they're just so cool. Um, they're space <laughs>
0: great, Hello. where we
3: have uh, lots of mosses, and we have this special type of moss that's called sphagnum moss, and they just create these incredible carpets, and they are vibrant colors. They change throughout the years. They have these really fascinating systems for doing photosynthesis, which are very different from other plants on the landscape. Uh, There's incredibly deep cultures associated with different peatlands, particularly in places in Europe. Uh, So there's just so much to these systems. Uh, The sphagnum moss themselves are considered an ecosystem engineer. So when we use that term, we often are thinking about things like beavers, where they can go in and Mm. they can fundamentally change a space they create uh ponds like they're they're really changing these systems and then we have this like itty-bitty it's like you know maybe a few centimeters is the growing part of this plant that is also an ecosystem engineer because they can also change water table they can uh, they excrete acid so they can acidify the local environment um they can change the local temperature like they're incredibly powerful and they're just so unassuming and beautiful at the same time So when i go into the boreal forest i find a beautiful peatland it's hard not to get excited Um, they're just such a special space
0: okay so fire rips through uh forest uh, any forest boreal forest sure um Mm -hmm. uh burns down all your little uh moss fraggle 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 rock (laughs) moss things um and uh why is that good and what does that look like what does it offer after those fires burn. I mean, trying to twist a little bit of positivity to all of these fires, um, distinctly, distinctly different from obviously the human impact. But mm-hmm. when these things go through, what what is that beauty? What comes from it?
3: Yeah, what's the rebirth that comes from the fire? Eh? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
3: So generally when we think about that rebirth process, we aren't actually thinking about our sphagnum moss. Those spaces actually are really good at not burning. It's the trees. So the trees that form in the boreal forest actually are have this incredible relationship with fire. And I'm thinking of specifically our black spruce, which is the most common tree you're going to find in the boreal forest, as well as trees like jack pine. And so they actually have specialized cones. We call them serotonous cones or semi-serotonous cones, which means they're actually sealed with a wax and their cones are kind of protected and waiting for a fire to come through. And when that fire comes through, that wax can get burned off and they will open up and their seeds will fall. And so they're waiting for the right time to let those seeds out so that they can replenish and rejuvenate for the next forest that comes after them. And so once that fire comes through, there's suddenly so much that's available for the next generation of uh, trees that will take over this forest. Uh, there's so much more sunlight, there could be new resources available, so nutrients that are available, and they are ready and primed to jump in there and start growing. There's also vegetation that is specifically geared towards this time and the forest life when things are open there's a lot more sunlight uh, perhaps a lot more resources have been opened up and that's their time to shine and they're relatively short-lived maybe they'll only be there for the first five to ten years and then they're stuck in the seed bank they're stuck in the soil waiting for that opportunity to come again and so this is a big opportunity for a lot of the vegetation that wait for this moment of the fire has come through, and then they can kind of put all of their chips on the table and start growing and reshaping some of these systems.
0: Um, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that's the coolest part about it. Catherine Dielman uh, joins us here. Now, in the science of this, what I'm hearing, you hear like science and and spirituality, you know, intersect for a lot of people. And um, the, you hear about scientists that study DNA and there's a point where they get to studying DNA and they're scientists. They're like the science and the things and the science things, right? Like they're going through all the science, but there's kind of where a point where you get to that I've been told from scientists that where they say there's a point you understand where it's so perfect that it really does challenge the science and start to insert some uh, spirituality wherever that lands for everybody. Um, And what I'm hearing here inside the fire is kind of that too, right? Like it seems so perfect that there is an element that it kind of makes you go, how is it possible? It's so perfect. Like um, you kind of get to the end of the science rope and go, all right, whoever, whatever your spirituality says, go for it. They nailed it. Like it, like, it, it is so perfect. Is that something that sort of lands in your wheelhouse a little bit of kind of going like, how perfect is this?
3: It's hard not to look at it and not see it as a thing of beauty that is perfectly intertwined with one another. And I yeah. think that's one of the joys of my job is getting to look at these incredibly fine details and being like, wow, look at this beautiful dance. It's almost like a symphony that plays mm. out on the landscape around oh, nice. you. Yeah. But you have to take the moment to look and know where to look and see how all of these tiny pieces, I mean, my research is, I think it's amazing because I get to think on the ultra, like really small scale, I think about individual molecules, and then I get to think about the implications of how those molecules move to these great big global scale implications, like what's our climate doing. Mm -hmm. And so by being able to scale between, you know, okay, this molecule of carbon got combusted by a fire that came through, to what does that mean for folks that are living on the other side of the planet? That, to me, is just a really fun way to think about these systems. And getting that perspective just really helps you I don't know, you just kind of fall in love with it over and over and over again, because there's so much depth to how it all fits together, like kind of the most complicated, but most beautiful and satisfying uh, puzzle.
0: Yeah. And uh, complicated, but really fundamentally quite simple. And that's That's the beauty of it. Right. That's the
3: beauty of it. It's So it's like, I mean, ultimately, when I think about, uh, I spend a lot of time thinking about carbon and where it goes and how it gets there. And when you break it down to the basics, it's basically two things. We're thinking about decomposition and we're thinking about productivity. And then the other piece that kind of gets sprinkled in there to add a little bit of spice is often wildfire or other disturbances on the landscape. But really, it comes down to somewhat simple processes that you can point to, which is lovely.
0: It um, It doesn't escape me uh, the, the philosophical side of it all, which is, you know, as humans, we often learn most from our biggest breakdowns as well. And yet it's happening in nature too. So quite yeah. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is so cool. Uh, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate this insight. I mean, uh, this does not, again, uh, our hearts go out to everybody who's had to leave their homes. It's tens of thousands of people. Um, but in the scope of the fire specifically, not necessarily the fire's impact on the people. Um, There is a lot of beauty to be uh, had here. Thank you so much for your time, Catherine. I really appreciate it. I love your love for it.
3: Thanks Shane, this was a lot of fun.
0: I'm gonna go look for Fraggle Moss. That's what I call
3: it. Love it, love it, all right.
1: This is the Shift Podcast.
3: Are you, are you are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with?
0: Do, 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 do. 877-399-9898. It's our phone number. Put it in your phone as a um as a contact, then it's favorites touch text dial easy. If you forget that shifteds.ca has a couple of buttons there you can dial directly from as well. Okay. Let's get into this. A little creepy, feel like there's a little crown, uh, clown creepy to, to get us started here. Are you okay with carnivals? I've never been, yeah. but I would love to go to carnival. Oh, you mean carnival in like Brazil? Ah, uh, yeah, more like um, Trinidad,
2: Tobago. There's a carnival oh, there yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, it seems like a pretty cool parade, sort of just like everybody parties i'm not actually sure what it's for i've never looked up what carnival is like celebrating or marking actually i have no idea
0: Hmm.
2: just thinking about mm. that if only i had a tool at my disposal that i could mm. look up things on the internet for yeah I, that'd be a
0: great idea Someone should admit that um yeah i, I mean i love the part i like the spirit of the parties they, i think the coolest thing yeah about those kinds of parties like uh, like the carnivals of the world uh, that you know people dance whether they can dance or not right i think that's kind of i think the mm-hmm. coolest thing of that right like you kind of see these people that don't maybe don't know the culture don't know the dance but they dance and people who do know how to dance embrace it teach them i think that's the coolest part it's Why yeah I... and i i found
2: out the history it's not at all Car- carnival like this is wild It's a Christian-based festival. No. It's a party that's supposed to happen before Lent. In fact, I'm looking at a painting right now of Carnival in Rome.
0: That can't be. Because there's like debauchery in the carnivals I've seen.
2: Well, I think that's definitely what it's become. Hmm. uh, In the same way that like, you know, Christmas is a hallmark holiday, right? You know, like it just kind of changes over time. Um, But yeah. Wow. Yeah, car- Carnival is traditionally used in areas with a large Catholic presence as well. In really? Greece.
0: Huh, neat. Who knew? All right, then. I had no idea. How about that? I have, why do I get the feeling that that's not what we're talking about?
2: It's not at all, because I wrote huh. Carnival, not Carnival, but you read Carnival, so we went a little spicy, but that's okay, I might too. have
0: assumed there was a typo there, I guess, maybe. Okay, Um. in that case, are you okay with carnivals yes midway less
2: rides teeth. games food teeth. yeah um excellent
0: okay uh this is awesome okay um canada is home tea the largest outdoor carnival in the world see why i thought there was a typo there
2: yeah i don't care no all right. <laughs> i see where you're going mm-hmm.
0: all right um oh what? You don't have the button? You can't even do it. I'm invincible tonight. You can't even call me out on the
2: typos with a button. It's
0: broken. Every time I push it, it just moves a little bit. Weird reset. (laughs) It's broken. That's a typo. Uh, Canada is the home to the largest outdoor carnival in the world, the Calgary Stampede. The Calgary Stampede. Boy, oh boy, you're lucky. Uh, the Stampede's Ooh. annual list of wacky, weird, and wonderful midway treats is 57 items long, weird food, and it features something for even the most discerning of the foodies. Of course, it wouldn't be a true midway experience at the Calgary Stampede if there weren't some deeply outrageous offerings. Think ketchup and muckered. muckered. <laughs> That was a good one. Uh, ketchup and mustard ice cream. Spicy pickle lemonade. And flaming Ugh. hot dill pickle cookies. Ugh. No. I like that. <laughs> no. I think that'd be good. Spicy dill, dill pickle, pickle cookies. Dill pickle cookies
2: with flaming yes. hot Cheetos are disgusting. It's like eating. It, it's it's not food. It feels like as artificial as food can get. Mm. That on top of dill pickle and cookies. Look, I'm okay with dill pickle on its own. Put it on a cookie.
0: All right. Our friend Leslie Horton from Global in Calgary, who is like the awesomest of all the folks, got to try out some of the food options, even though her food fell apart in her hand.
3: We've got some ice cream here, so Bindu Joel, oh no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been
1: sitting here too long, Another
3: one. but this is no problem for someone like me, because I can work with anything. What's this one got in it?
0: This is a uh, 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 cherry habanero ice cream taco, and this is from our friends at V Burger, and even though there is a location uh, on 17th Avenue, you can only find this at Stampede this year. What do we think about this one? I'll oh, let you do know.
1: it. Do it, do it. Um,
0: <laughs> mm. Mm. hmm
2: Spicy.
3: Oh, now.
0: <laughs> ah, it hits. It takes a mm-hmm. second. I think that's what happened. Uh link to food. <laughs> we'll put that at shiftheads.ca, by the way. No, you should uh, you should open it and read some of it. Oh. Them. That's why easier I put it to... in
2: there. Because it was way easier to oh. read it in the website than putting it in a script because there is pictures on the website at globalnews.ca to go along with some of the most bizarre and unnecessary food items including a $100 hot dog is that the neon hot dog no <laughs> <laughs> the neon hot dog is just a hot dog that has neon colors like bright purple blue so do hot dogs in the 90s and 2000s a blue when year. they had the colored ketchup it was called mm-hmm. like uh, there was like purple ketchup it's mm-hmm. like that
0: Okay. Well, so there's like a blue wiener and a pink wiener. Um, spicy pickle lemonade, street corn lemonade, $100 hot dog, a 12-inch jalapeno cheddar dog made with aged Wagyu and elk meat, which has That's been so marinated in 2010 La Coya Mount Vitor Cabernet Sauvignon for five days. Served atop a of bed of thinly sliced... Bundnerfleisch, <laughs> Bundnerfleisch, uh, in a red pepper, a sun-dried tomato ciabatta, topped with melted cheese, German sauerkraut, onions, and banana peppers.
2: That sounds incredible.
0: There's no way to prove that that's what's in there. Like it's probably just a 12-inch wiener <laughs> from the
2: grocery store. Uh, you're, you're right, and I will say that there is a, a place at the Stampede that sells a like a one-foot hot dog, like a massive, oh. massive hot dog that's like 20 bucks. To, um, that's
0: they used Probably to sell those. Just you just could go. buy those wieners. You used to be able to buy them from uh, Calgary Co-op, too. Uh, JNL Drive-In, awesome. man. Port Alberni. 12-inch hot dog. Foot-long. Foot-long hot dog. Okay. Really great. Okay, also on the list here. Um, They still sell those there, I believe. Kool-Aid Sweet. chicken burger. Gouda gator dog. 10-inch hot dog made with alligator trim. Don't know what that is. Don't want to know. And Gouda it's, cheese. That's alligator meat. Okay. Flaming hot Cheetos. Um... Nashville-style hot sauce, popcorn, chicken, poutine. What else good. is there here? Um, summer dish, Mexican cocktail, original spice sauce is tangy. Taste, shrimp, octopus, squid, fruit, cucumber, orange soda, and Clamato. Oh, God, what is the spider bough? Deep-fried golden soft-shell crab wrapped in soft bun paired with house-made slaw, cucumbers, Drizzled with house-made mayo and garnished with crispy fried shallots and toasted sesame. Mm. It looks like a, it, you know what it looks like? An egg McMuffin with a spider coming out. <laughs> oh, that's not a pretty picture at all. No, not at all. Um, what else is there? Um, peanut butter pickle dog. Mm, no. Flaming hot dill cookie. That actually looks pretty good. Sugar cookie loaded with dill pickle topped with. Flaming hot Cheetos frosting on top. What's with
2: the dill pickle?
0: Yeah, dill pickles are awesome. Is what? What's with the? Dill I, pickle. I hate.
2: Yeah, I agreed. It's just like it seems like Calgary Stampede really wants dill pickle. Look, I'm just happy with a bloomin' onion. I've always wanted to try one, so that is the a blooming. must this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, bloomin' the bloomin'. Um. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Are you okay with all those? I. I I have no desire to try any of them. It's fun to talk about them, but really, it is fun. Yeah, it's no also desire.
2: hard to find where they are because the the food. There's a million food trucks at the Stampede grounds. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like hard to find anything. So the Wagyu hot happen, dog sure.
0: is probably close to the bank machine. Just saying. Yes. Yes. God, I hope so. Ooh. I kind of want to try it. Um, <laughs> well, since we're talking about food, are you okay with stadium food? Eh, the nachos um, and cheese is usually good it's reliable yeah
2: you know i i agree it's it's fine like the what was last when i saw the ottawa senators play uh at canadian tire center um i actually really liked that arena it was a really nice hockey place to watch hockey yeah,
1: and you, um, you know i
2: went up to you one you didn't point. have to drive too, it, it <laughs> is a very long drive it's, i gotta move that thing um but yeah the uh the food is like I went up and and I ordered a food and I know what I'm getting, right? Like it's just a very plain burger with actually half decent fries and it's fine, but it's just not... $20 you know it's never worth the money but it's it is what you expect the
0: basic hot dogs always reliable little soggy and floppy uh the you know the hot dog pocket pocket dogs are pretty good too when you go to the different arenas stuff like that's pretty good thousands of people flock to miami this week oh florida uh this weekend for the formula one race don't tell me how it ends though i haven't watched it yet to watch cars do this the car goes and it's literally what it sounds like um Mm. The, those races take hours and yo, yo, yo er, about to get a bit snacky. Don't worry. The race had plenty of snacks at absurd prices too. Wild prices. Spectators could get a steak sandwich for $42 US. But the menu for the Hard Rock Beach Club exclusive section for the race, very criminal. Uh, items include $250 watermelon and Tomato, tomatillo salad, $450 main lobster rolls, and $500 U5 chilled prawns. You okay? A fruit salad is $295. Ounce of caviar, $400. Desserts included three types of ice cream listed at $245. A bottle of Tito's vodka was $560, despite retailing for around $20, uh, depending on the state, of course. Bucket of 16 ounce Heineken bottles, $50. All of those prices are US. I mean, it's- I get it for raising your prices because it's a pretty exclusive place to sit to watch the race. But but it's still just the hard rock.
2: Uh, yeah, it's just the Hard Rock. And it's not just that merch too. My buddy uh, Jacob saw the race in Montreal and he got a really nice uh, McLaren hoodie. Just an orange McLaren hoodie with the logo in the middle. It's like a standard hoodie. And I was like, how much was that? 50 bucks, 80 bucks? It was a $250 hoodie that I guarantee cost them $20 to make. So they they like scam you on F1, but it is pretty mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Um, I That's did big watch big. A, a video, I think it was TikTok video of... Now it's gapping on his name, which um, driver it was. He did like a reflexes test with a football player mm-hmm. and he was so lightning fast. The football player couldn't even catch the balls for how fast his reflexes were, um, Yep, which gotta is got to be so fantastic. God, I've, Ryan introduced me to F1 and I've fallen in love with it. Uh, it's from on TV cheaper than the amount he spends on sneakers of my money for me. Um, So we're grateful for the F1 influence. That's for sure. Uh, Give it a watch, by the way. Uh, There's also an F1 show if you don't know how sort of F1 works on Netflix, you might like. So it's pretty good.
3: Thanks for listening to The Shift
0: Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.